This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we talk to athletes, adventurers, and business owners from around the world of adventure sports. Whether you're climbing Mount Everest, starting a bike shop, or getting up off your couch to take your kids hiking for the first time, we want you to have the motivation and inspiration you need to chase that next adventure. The Adventure Sports Podcast is brought to you by Camp Crate, the leaders in fully planned self-guided backpacking adventures, as well as backpacking gear rental. You can check them out at campcrate.net. Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. If you're hearing this, it's probably because my wife is in labor and I needed a filler episode. Um, it's, it shows take a lot of planning and producing, so uh, I tried to stay a week or two or so ahead, especially around this time when the baby's born, but uh just wanted to do an episode that's probably relevant to a lot of people, and that's um, around the idea of saving money and spending and, and basically financially planning for your adventure, and I'm going to share with you some of the tips that I've learned and things that I've done specifically and I've done firsthand that have helped me save for... Um, some of my trips. And uh, before we do that, I just want to tell us uh, tell you about the sponsors because this is going to be the intro slash interview altogether. We have Athletic Brewing, which are non-alcoholic craft brewers. Yes, I said that correctly. Non-alcoholic. And that's because, you know, sometimes you just don't want the effect of alcohol. I know as a dad, I'm going to be a dad soon. Um, well, obviously, this what's what this episode's for. And you know, I'm not gonna, I might want a beer at the end of the day, but not want to be intoxicated just in case, just in case something happens and I got to drive to the hospital. You just, you just never know. There's so many circumstances. Um, it helps people stay away from alcohol. My dad was a former alcoholic and he drinks a non-alcoholic every other day probably. And he hasn't had a beer, a real beer in 30 years. And, uh, it definitely has not been a gateway for him anyway. Um, and they also are funding our adventure grant, which if you haven't heard, you know, it's, we're giving away $1,000. And the reason we're giving away $1,000, it's because my first trip that was almost two and a half months was $1,000, uh, pretty much the entire cost of the trip. And I'm going to tell you more about that in this episode, how, how I was able to spend just a grand to do a pretty life-changing, amazing adventure in my opinion it was just totally changed my life it opened my world in so many ways and you know compared to the semester of college that I was in between it was pretty stinking cheap you know your my private university was pretty stinking expensive and so a thousand bucks was uh nothing compared to my cost of education and man did I learn so much out there that I could have never learned in a classroom <laughs> And also we have CS Instant Coffee. They are the makers of 100% instant coffee, Arabica instant coffee that uh, has compostable packaging. So you can take it with you. You know, it's a lot easier than carrying a French press around or something like that out in the backcountry. Trust me. Because uh, now I really only use instant when I'm out there because it's just so stinking convenient. And it's really good coffee that they make in uh, little packets now. And we also have the Nomadic. We are giving away a 
uh, subscription. It's a subscription box filled with outdoor gear chosen by outdoor enthusiasts, and we're giving three away. So follow the links in the show notes and uh, sign up and try it, see if you win. All right, let's get into this. Um, you know, the first thing first thing with big adventures, the first expense is going to be getting there. A lot, oftentimes, the day-to-day expenses don't have to be very much. You know, a lot of people we talk to eat peanut butter or stinking, you know, granola the whole time or something. Um, and so the day-to-day expenses aren't, aren't very much, but getting there and getting home can be really expensive. So some of the things that I've learned that that helped me save money with that. I use Scott's cheap flights and it's this, uh, email you can sign up. You get an email every day showing you, um, the range of dates that flying somewhere to somewhere else is really cheap. And I know a lot of people that can plan, um, big adventures months in advance using this Scott's cheap flights that basically get you, you know, 30, 40, 50, sometimes 70, 80% off, uh, normal prices for flights around the world. It'll be like, you know, you scroll through the list. It'll be like, all right, from August to September next year, um, you know, Denver to Orlando is, you know, a hundred dollars round trip. And so you can find dates in those, in that range and purchase the flights and it, man, it saves you so much money. And so, you know, we're always looking for deals when planning our adventures and that has been a really valuable tool, but you know, if you got to have something really specific, it might not be super valuable. Another thing I've done at the end of a trip, I've hitchhiked, literally hitchhiked back to my starting point, hundreds of miles. And that is, you know, different levels of different level of safety, of course, but I've learned that the hitchhiking has been really an adventure in itself. You know, it, it, it's so much more memorable than, you know, boxing your bike up or your backpack up or whatever you're doing and getting on a plane and, and just having that experience. You know, hitchhiking has been awesome. I've been picked up by old people that are just old, I mean, uh, you know, uh, retired couples that are traveling the country and they're just in their RV. And so they'll just cook me meals every night, make me coffee. And we'll just sit there and swap stories for a couple days and see a bunch of stuff I didn't see on the ride. And so I've done that before. Um, hitchhiked, you know, sections uh, back to where I started. You know, it's just, there's so many ways I've, I've, I've ridden with just the most interesting people tend to pick up hitchhikers and of course be safe of course use discretion and uh you know trust your gut instinct to kind of you know know if someone's legit or not but uh, i i've done it dozens of times and uh, i've never had a bad experience but i am a 64 you know 200 plus pound grown man with a big old beard so you know i'm not going to be messed with as much as someone someone else but that doesn't mean I'm any less scared. I'm pretty terrified every time I do something like that anyway. <laughs> um, so getting there and getting home are really expensive. So if you, if you can find a creative way to do that, you can often save yourself a lot of money. Like I said, I, on my first trip was a bike trip. It was Alaska to Florida by bicycle. It was between um, two semesters in college over the summer. So I had you know two and a half months to get it done. And uh, it took just about that long. 
And uh, I spent a thousand dollars on the trip total, like right out of a thousand bucks with gear, with everything, with flights. And so the flight was 400 bucks of that. And it was a one-way flight to Alaska. So that was almost, that was 40% of my expenses were just getting there. And thankfully biking back was, you know, I was biking back to home. So I didn't have to get back. Um, the getting back expense was the expense of the trip itself. And we were able to live on like eight bucks a day, maybe out there, which for some people is not super cheap, but others, looking back, I'm like, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty inexpensive. I'd have to say, you know, my, my budget now on a daily, a daily rate for my trips is a, is a little bit higher. I've, I've gotten used to a little more comforts. Let's just say, <laughs> um, another thing was just with saving, um, taking side gigs, you can scour Craigslist. You can ask friends like, Hey, you know, if you have a job that isn't directly tied to you putting in more hours to make more money, um, and you can pick up something on the side. Oh man, it can really, really help you big time. One thing I did, I I did custodial work, janitorial work at a church and at a school at night. So I was in classes during the day and I had a job at the school as a custodian. And then at night, I would uh, probably three, four hours a night, I would literally listen to podcasts, listen to music, and clean clean this school, vacuum all these classrooms. It was super creepy. It was out in the middle of nowhere, um, big old windows in the classrooms, looking out into just darkness. I, I was, it freaked me out a little, but uh, you know, it paid for one of my longer trips, my five-month uh national park tour on bicycle, which was, uh, incredible, incredible trip. So just side gigs, um, and just, you know, cutting down your budget during the week, it, it all adds up. And so another way to help me stay motivated with side gigs was breaking down what I thought my trip was going to cost. So let's say, you know, the five month trip was a lot more expensive. Let's say it was like five or $6,000. Um, I would say, all right, five grand divided by how many days I'm going to be out there. That gives me a daily rate of, you know, 20, 30 bucks a day, eight bucks a day, whatever, whatever it is for you. I would say, all right. So for every, say it was $15 a day. I'd say, all right, you know, my friends asked me to go out to eat or go play, go bowling or whatever. And I'd say, all right, you know, I'm going to spend 30 bucks doing this. That equals two days on the bike. So I had on my desk at home, this chart literally like a, like a, like a line graph, not a line graph, but like a, a, like a chart that I could fill in how my progress and I would break it down into, all right, for, for a hundred days out on the trail, a hundred days is what my trip was or whatever it is. Every $15 gets me one extra day out there. So every $15 I saved or $15 of stuff I sold on eBay, I would say that's one more day I get to have out there. And so I thought about it like that. That really helped me. And I was able to, you know, take a $150 expense and say, you know, that's 10 days out there. Is this $150 worth it to me? Or is it more worth it to have 10 days on an adventure? And, uh, it definitely breaks down those little expenses. So every 15 bucks I could save grocery shopping or on a textbook or on, you know, um, now on the electricity bill or whatever it is, car payment, I can, uh, well, you can't really adjust that, but basically those little expenses added up to days. And that was really cool way for me to visualize like, wow, I know what a day on an adventure is like. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's unforgettable. It's amazing. That is so much worth, so much more worth this 
compared to this meal I'm about to buy. So that definitely helped me. Another thing I did to save money, um, because I was in school and even after school, um, were yard sales. Man, you put on a yard sale, that's just people coming to you to give you money for your junk. First of all, it helps you clean out your house and clean out your clutter. And it gives you the opportunity, and I'm going to talk about this in a second, if you're doing a cause, it gives you an opportunity to share your cause and and, and pass out promotional material for your trip if, if that's what you're doing or if you're doing something along those lines. And so what I would do, I would go around, literally I have a truck with a big old eight foot bed and I would drive around campuses at the end of the semester and man, college kids, they throw away unbelievable amounts of stuff. (laughs) I would get like 10 of those little fridges that you put in your dorm room, brand new. Oh, I mean, they're used, but still totally functional. Sell those for 20, 30 bucks a pop. Athletic Brewing is pioneering non-alcoholic craft beer. Yeah, I said non-alcoholic craft beer. And there's a number of reasons you might want to do that. Whether you're training for an event, which a lot of our listeners are, or, you know, if, you, if you're babysitting and don't want to be drunk in case something happens. I mean, stuff happens, but you still want to sit down and enjoy the game and have a beer. This is an incredible option for a full-flavored, full-bodied beer. Each can is only 50 to 70 calories. With IPA, golden ale, stouts, and tons of seasonal offerings, Athletic Brewing is a great option if you want that craft brewery taste. Uh, but not deal with the effects of alcohol itself. Uh, If you'd like to save 15% on your first order, go to athleticbrewing.com and use the code ADVENTURE at checkout. Just office supplies, clothes, uh, lamps. I mean, just most anything that's in a dorm room. Books, lots and lots of books. Shoes, and I would fill up my truck with all kinds of good stuff because, you know, people come from all over the world and all over the country to go to school. So they, I understand you can't really take it back. And I don't know why a lot of them wouldn't take the time to take it to Goodwill and, uh, and artwork and posters, like all kinds of random things. And so bookshelves too, big, that was a big one. So I would, if you have a place to store that, man, just literally take it, put it on Craigslist, have yard sales every couple weekends before your trip. And you're really able to help get the word out and save money. And every, you know, $10, $20 fridge you sold, that's another day on the bike, a day on the trail day, you know, whatever your trip you're doing, whatever adventure, another day on the motorcycle. Um, and so that definitely uh, was an easy way and a very um, one-on-one personable way to, to sell stuff. Because, you know, when you're at a yard sale, you kind of you kind of talk to the people that are there. I would always make coffee and, and have donuts out, just a few donuts, and just made it a little event. I enjoyed that. And I'd sell hot dogs, too. Um, I, w- I would grill up some hot dogs and, you know, just make a day out of it and make a couple hundred bucks. I remember I'd make four or $500 some days just selling junk that I found at a, at a college campus the weekend before. And that would be half my trip. So that was a really good one for me. Um, and like I said before, the, the, one of the things that has really helped me stay motivated and, and honestly pay for a trip is doing the trip for a cause. And, and hear me out. I'm not saying 
do the trip for a cause to to pay for the trip. But if there's something you really believe in, something you really want to do, one of our trips, our first one was uh, to build an orphanage in Uganda. And I really believed in this cause because I had been to Uganda the summer before, saw what needed to be done. And I said, man, we, and my partner and I, um, my, my roommate and I just started brainstorming things we could do. And that was what led to our first bike trip. And on the days that it was hard to keep pedaling, it was a huge motivation, first of all. Secondly, we were able to make the trip so much more, so about so much more than just us doing something, which in turn caused a lot more people to want to be involved, um, which to me was an incredibly rewarding aspect of the adventure. So we were able to, you know, we paid for it ourselves, of course, but we were able to, you know, people said, ah, you know, I want to build a website for you. I want to help you with this gear. Um, people are just so much more willing to be involved. And it makes it this experience that everyone can enjoy when you do something for a cause. And, uh, you know, I've definitely done trips without causes. So it doesn't, you know, it's not exclusive. Sometimes I just want to go on an adventure just for reflection, for for growth, for self, uh, for for. Yeah, self-growth, whatever you want to call that. And that's been awesome. But the ones that I've done for for a cause were honestly easy to pay easier to pay for because so and so would have, you know, a camelback they'd let me use, or a bicycle they would let me borrow, or you know, a backpack, or they'd just be so willing to help. I wouldn't, you know, go knocking on doors saying, Hey, I'm doing this. Will you sponsor me? It'd be like Hey, I heard you're doing this. Can I please help in some way? Um, I don't have, you know, a lot of money to donate, but I do own a gear shop or I do, you know, I, I do this for a living and I can help you set that up. I can run your social media for you and help raise more money and raise more awareness for the cause itself. And so it was just a, um, man, it was just such a great way to do the trip. And, and uh, especially for a broke college kid, it, it made it much more doable. And so that ended up being uh, uh, something I continued because after the trip, it was just so cool to be able to hand over this big check of money you've raised to a cause that you really believe in, doing something that has changed your life as well as impacted people all along the route of your adventure um, that you, you know would never have come in contact with this organization or with this cause or with this idea. And so speaking of like gear donation and uh, gear itself, that can be another crazy expensive part of your trip is literally how expensive gear is. It's crazy. You know, you can walk into an outdoor store and they're going to make you think you got to spend two or three grand to go camping this weekend, which is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And so one piece of advice I have is used, use used gear. Gear is resilient stuff, you know, you know, whether it's backpacking or, or whatever sport you're doing, a good quality gear is solid stuff. And the stuff that was, you know, state of the art 10 years ago, guess what? People were doing adventures and doing trips with that stuff. 10 years later doesn't mean it's obsolete now. Now there, you know, and I, I understand there's a difference between quality gear and non-quality gear. But when I go backpacking, I have a 35-year-old Kelty backpack that I bought at a yard sale when I was in college for $10 with everything with it. It came with a zero-degree North Face sleep, um, sleeping, sleeping bag, yeah. 
and uh, like a mess kit, sporks, and just all kinds of random stuff. A little tent. I don't need the tent. I have my own. But, uh, you know, some of that stuff I actually still use. And yeah, it's not, it's not the highest quality. It's not completely waterproof in a lot of ways. But I tell you what, especially early on, that $10 backpack gave me the ability to go actually out there and do it. If someone said, no, you need this $200 backpack to do this, you know, week long trip that you wanted to do. Well, that would, that expense alone would have kept me from doing it. But because I was willing to use older gear, yes, it rained and I got wet. Yes, it was cold. Yes, it wasn't the most comfortable at times, but guess what? I I was out there and I got to do, I got to have that experience simply because I was able to find gear that allowed this broke college kid to go on a trip that otherwise wouldn't have been able to. And so if it's the cost of gear that's going to keep you from doing your adventure, I just want to tell you that that you do gosh, you that is just the biggest lie, the biggest scam that our you know, consumer-minded outdoor industry has sold is that you need all this stuff to get out there and go backpacking. If you follow any forum, anything on freaking Facebook or Reddit or whatever, You'll hear so many people just stressing over gear before their trip. And then the people who've actually been have will will just be talking so much about everything you don't need, everything that they had to drop halfway through the trip because it was too heavy. I mean, my first trip we had uh we had a first aid kit that that it was like an ambulance. We had so much stuff. My buddy's girlfriend, now his wife, she was a nurse, and so she just outfitted us with this it was like a toolbox full of stuff and it was great, but you know what we boiled it down to some bandages, some duct tape. And that was it. That's all it boiled down to and and we never needed any of it. And I know it's, you know, better to have something and not need it than need something and not have it. But when you look at probabilities and look at how often does this really happen, there's so much stuff you can really take a chance because it is a one in a million chance. And there's no reason to lug around extra 20 pounds for a dozen, half a dozen, one in a million chances. You know, we boiled our ability to start a fire down to a lighter or some matches, not both, because it was just, you know, we never needed it. We never needed both. And uh, you just learn so much once you start going out there and doing it. And I can't stress enough that used gear is a fantastic way to save lots of money. And I'm sure a lot of you already know that. And also, if your trip is short enough, borrow some gear. Uh, You know, rent it essentially from your friends. And uh, and I do have one example of a piece of gear. So I I co-own Camp Crate. You know, we do backpacking gear rental. And we one thing we do is we don't give anyone any options when it comes to gear because we know a lot of people stress about that side of things and when you go to rent gear at a lot of places they give you 10 different options for backpacks and if you've never done this before you don't know what to choose so we basically give you a box of everything you need so you don't need anything more than this this is what you need this is a good backpack this is a good tent good sleeping bag don't think about the gear we want you to have an incredible experience. Focus on the place, focus on the scenery, focus on the memories that you're making, the conversations you're having with your loved ones or with yourself. If it's a solo trip, we want you thinking about the experience itself and not the gear. And we honestly want you to be a little uncomfortable 
Because when you look back, you don't remember the times that you were in a hotel room for a week on end at the Grand Canyon. You remember that time you were in absolute pain hiking to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and hiking back out and how miserable it was and how thirsty you were and how tired you were. Be safe, please, out there. Don't get me wrong. But you remember the things that were a little more stressful and a little more painful and made you feel a little bit more alive, let's be honest. I want to take a second to tell you about The Nomadic. It's a subscription box curated for outdoor enthusiasts by outdoor enthusiasts. So each month you get a hand-picked selection of the latest and greatest outdoor gear that's been trip-tested and approved by the Nomadic product team, which is made up of guides, athletes, and you know, bona fide adventurers. They partner with brands like Mountainsmith, GearAid, Sealine, Mizu, Empowered, RX Bar, and a lot more. This month's theme is Relax to the Max. So one item inside is an exclusive hammock by Lawson Hammocks, an award-winning hammock maker who's been voted number one by Backpacker and Outside Magazine. So order by May 14th to get this box. So get quality gear by Brands You Trust delivered right to your doorstep monthly. Learn more at thenomadic.com slash ASP. This episode is also sponsored by CS Instant Coffee, 100% Arabica coffee with compostable packaging. And you can find them at csinstant.coffee and use Adventure at checkout for 20% off. And I bring up all that to say that we, we include jet boil camping stoves in our camp crates just because they're easy to use. It's kind of all in one setup. Uh, they're compact. They ship easy. And, um, you know, those things are like a hundred, 150 bucks for some of the higher end ones. And my personal stove is a Coleman stove. Actually a friend gave it to me, but the, so I didn't even pay for it, but it's a little Coleman camping stove that you just twist on. It's a little bit heavier than, than, than the really, really light ones, but you can get it on Amazon right now for $9. And I tell you what, I have cooked hundreds upon hundreds of meals on that thing in the most glorious of places. A bear has put it in its mouth because it had food on it and I left it out and the bear came and was chewing on it. Still works. But that thing, nine bucks, just about anybody can afford that. You can find, you go to an army surplus store and get a couple little stove, you know, a couple little pots or pans to cook on. Maybe one that you can also double as a bowl and a plate and a cup if you're lucky. And that whole setup cost me two or three dollars after I got my little spork and in, in my little cup to, to, to reuse this little metal thing from like the Vietnam War. You know, it's a little bit heavier, but. I learned early on that all this hype about gear is really overrated and can really take away from the experience. And so for literally one fiftieth, one hundredth of the price of some things, you can save so much stinking money. And instead of spending two or three thousand dollars on all your gear, you can easily spend one or two hundred for the same stuff, just a little older or a little outdated, or a little dirtier, but come on, you're going on an adventure. Your gear's going to get dirty. It's going to get used. It's going to get beat up. But that just gives it more character, in my opinion. And so don't let gear stop you. And now, you know, there is this pressure to have nice things and to have, uh, you know, 
really functional high-end stuff with all the latest technology. I, I get that, but you know, I kind of use it as a point of pride now. It's like, Hey, you know, I spent $20 to get out here in gas. This gear is super old. If it breaks, I don't care. But you know, if your $400 tent gets a rip in it, that's a big deal. Cause that thing ain't cheap. My old used tent that smells a little musty and I could get a rip right through it. And I said, you know what? I'll just find another one at a yard sale or on Craigslist this weekend for another $10. Big deal. And so, you know, there's a middle ground road. I might seem a little extreme in that way, but um, you don't have to be. You definitely don't have to uh, don't have to spend tons of money. Um, but I do own some quality pieces of gear. My bikes are pretty nice, and a nice bike, as you may know, can cost a lot of money. But I found deals, you know, I waited for, for things to go on sale or got things a few years old. And, uh, then up until this point, you know, I have an, I have a hydration pack I bought brand new. It was 50% off when I bought it. It has a lifetime warranty. No matter what happens to it, I can trade it in. I figured that was a good buy. I've had it seven, eight years now. It's beat to hell, but whenever I want a new one, all I got to do is contact the company, send them a picture of this one and I get a new one in the mail. So it's, it's a, definitely a a lifelong type of purchase. And so a lot of companies you'll realize do stuff like that. And, and quickly, I have a uh, story about that. I, I was, when I was planning my first trip, I don't mean to bring it up so much, but it was just crazy cheap, but a big, big trip um, for me. Maybe not for some of you out there, but uh, I, I was, you know, in college, like I said, very broke. I mean, I was eating like canned green beans for dinner. It was sad, but you know, you know how college is. And this guy, I called on Craigslist because he had a tent for sale for like 50 bucks or something. Um, it was a nice tent and it was used and, and I gave him a call and he was like, so what do you, what, what do you plan on doing with this? I told him my tr- trip, I was going to fly to Alaska one way and bike home to Florida and, uh, sleep, you know, camp every night, every night that I could. And he got so mad at me. Um, he chewed me out over the phone. He goes, dude, you are, you are doing this crazy trip. You're going to be using a used tent. How could you possibly do that? How could you possibly, he was really upset, which blew my mind because it's like, first of all, man, this isn't your problem. Secondly, it's, it's a tent. It's literally a, a, a tent. A tent is a tent. I, I know there are huge variations and, you know, I know people have come up with innovations, but, you know, I, I rent a lot of different kinds of camping gear. Tents are kind of one of those things that the cheap ones and the expensive ones, if you're lucky, can perform pretty similarly. Um, there are some brands just to watch out for some, you know, um, malfunctions in certain the styles that don't work but honestly you know a, a middle of the road tent's just gonna be great it's gonna be fine and this guy was so mad and it blew my mind i'm thinking dude you, you you're they you're convinced that in order to do something like this it's literally just camping night after night for a couple months like it's nothing crazy on you know near the road in campgrounds you know in, in the woods nearby and this guy just thought that you had to have some expedition tent for that or something and was super mad at me about, you know, breaking down that, that idea to him for some reason. And sure enough, I didn't buy his cause he wouldn't sell it to me. 
I went and found another one. Spent, you know, just a little bit, not much money, and a middle-of-the-road tent. Still have it. And slept on it for 66 nights, almost 60, about 60 nights straight. Did, did have a couple people invite us onto their couches and stuff and got a few hotel rooms. but And it did fine. It kept the rain out, you know, kept everything in held up great and I just learned then you don't have to have what everyone thinks you have to have if you're doing something that's that's not crazy extreme you know don't climb Everest in a flannel (laughs) don't don't ski across the south pole um with with your with your grandpa's rain jacket all right you know you're gonna need some specialized stuff for that of course but for most of us doing most things, don't let don't let gear stop you. Another another thing about that is, uh, dang, I can get tangential, so I apologize for that. Another thing about that is, I was at a trailhead last summer, and I you know you, you, know, you kind of get influenced by people's opinions around you, of course. And you know, out in Denver, so many people have just amazing set setups with their vans or with their trucks or whatever. And it kind of makes you think you need that to go have an experience out in the woods. And I remember thinking, I feel like I need a $60,000 sprinter van to go car camping. We got my wife's 2002 SUV and we've been camping in the back of that for four or five years now. (laughs) I'm about to have a third one back there. Well, shoot, we've camped in that with two other, with two dogs. So it's been four of us in the back of that. And we've had, just an absolute blast. Driven all over the country in that thing. We've slept right on the stinking, right next to the Golden Gate Bridge. That was illegal, but uh, that was a while ago, so don't tell on us. But we've slept, we've camped so many places in the back of that car. It, it, it just blows my mind to this day that um, for a while I was thinking we needed some really nice van with like a kitchen and a bathroom and a shower in it. And to, to, to continue doing that. And so I go to this trailhead, like I said, and there's this guy sleeping in the back of his Corolla. First of all, I don't know how the Corolla got up there, but it was there and there was a bike on top and this guy was sleeping back there and he got up early the next morning and he was climbing a mountain and doing a little bike loop and right in the middle of all these Sprinter vans, all these sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 vehicles. And I just thought, you know, that guy is, he's making it happen. He's doing what he can with where he, with where, where he is with what he has. And guess what? He's out here. Guess how many people feel like they don't have the adequate stuff. Literally the, the material, the materialism that, that encroaches on our back country, our, our wilderness who feel they don't have the stuff to go do it. Well, guess what? You know, one of my, one of the, my, happiest things one of the things that just makes me so happy to see is when people are out there and don't look the part you know they're wearing you know khaki shorts or tennis shoes and and kind of a little bit unprepared but guess what they're out there and they're not letting the stereotype of feeling that you have to have all this stuff to go have an adventure but again don't be underprepared but don't be so over-prepared. You don't allow any room for adventure to happen. Well, I've been rambling long enough, I think. If you have any feedback of this, I would love to hear your feedback. Love to hear your tips because I'd love to do this again soon. 
and uh, share with some of the tips that share, share with the audience some of the tips that you've come up with. So you can give us a call. Our, our phone number is in the show notes. It is 812-MAIL, as in voicemail, pod, 812-M-A-I-L-P-O-D. You can send us an email, info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And uh, yeah, let us know some of the ways you have creatively saved money or made money or uh, uh, made an adventure possible with with a with a tight budget, with a tight schedule, or even uh, with no money at all. We know a lot of people turn hitchhiking itself or or turn an adventure into um, the idea of coming from like I'm not going to take my wallet. We just talked to this this episode isn't out yet, but uh, we get to talk to one of my heroes that taught me how to do so much. Alistair Humphreys, he did an adventure recently where he didn't even take his wallet. That was part of the adventure. That was one of the pillars of this trip. And uh, so that's also a possibility for sure. Not saying you should just beg and beg and beg your whole time, but you know, find a creative way to make it happen that otherwise seems impossible or otherwise people tell you is impossible. All right. Well, thank you guys for allowing me to do this. Um, this means I'm having a baby right now, so I'm not able to edit shows for a little bit. And uh, yeah, any advice on that too? Feel free to you know leave us a voicemail or an email with that because it's my first time. Don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, uh, thank you again. Have a great week, and we'll we'll be talking to you soon. Talking to you on Thursday. All right, bye. Well, first of all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It really means the world to us that you want to spend your time with us. If you'd like to help us further, please just leave us a review on iTunes, share us on social media, tell your friends about us. You can become a patron, a supporter of the show for $5 a month at patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast. And if you know somebody that would make a good guest, reach out. We're always looking for good adventure and outdoor stories. And lastly, thank you to our sponsors whose messages follow right now. Athletic Brewing makes the best non-alcoholic craft beer. Go to their website at athleticbrewing.com and use the code in our show notes to save 15% on your first order. The Nomadic, the first outdoor subscription box that helps you go on more adventures with the latest gear by delivering themed monthly boxes with innovative products and an outdoor challenge to match. Learn more at thenomadic.com slash adventuresportspodcast. After all this adventure talk, if you're needing some gear yourself, but you need some advice before buying, go to backpacktribe.com where you can ask questions to the owners who have experience with all the gear as well as all of it for sale right there on their website.